button. Thanks. I just got it. I like it. Cool. Everything is awesome. Where's your button? I don't have one. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Sandy Mackey. I'm Al Curtis. We are here with another episode of Conversations with Ask the Pool Guy and Ask the Pool Girl. So today let's get started by asking the pool guy a question that came in from one of our Twitter friends. And the question is, how to handle developing new talent in the pool industry when it comes to installation crews for pools? And I think this is probably um, more on the vinyl side, but actually I'm not sure now that I say that. I don't know that it would matter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I know that coming up with new talent is something that we've talked about quite a bit between the two of us because in our market here in Michigan, there are several great companies and there's a wide open space even with the companies that exist in this market for a specialized um, kind of sweet spot. And it sounds like from this question that we got on Twitter that it's kind of a more widespread, you know, it's not only a phenomenon that's happening in Michigan where there's room to develop but not quite sure kind of how to find some new people to come into the business, how to get them trained and how to get, I guess, maybe the old school kind of mentality that's going on from a few of the installers, how to bring that into a more current cooperative um, feeling of growing the industry versus kind of protecting your turf, if we want to put it that way. I think that's a, just sitting here listening to the question, that's rather multifaceted. And let's, in my head at least, as I'm, as I'm seeing it, let me try to break it down into the different categories of finding talent and what it means. I think, first off, our industry does not do a good job of attracting new people into it. A lot of, a lot of times in part because there's not an accreditation program and it's not a career choice and a college application and that type of thing. I think there's a lot of that that's missing, although I don't think a college education is necessarily appropriate, but I do think that is one reason why people don't find the industry. If there were college courses out there from design, which may not be a bad idea, I have gone to college, done that, I don't know that that's really required to, to make a really good career of anything. However, it's still a system that's in place. And maybe in part, a good thing would be to have some college-level programs that would teach pool-related things so that it becomes an option for a career. I would bet that most people got into it either as a summer job, just as general labor, or they were excavators who dug a few swimming pools and realized, hey, I can make a business of it. Well, or, and that's how you got into mm -hmm. it, just as general summer mm -hmm. labor. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have known that it existed as a career. So there's that point, and I think that there's a lot to be done there. I think another big part of why we're lacking talent is we're lacking leadership. That so many companies, so many of the guys, the guys and girls that we surround ourselves, that we have these day-to-day -day conversations with within the industry, and that's part of what the beauty for us is we have that, that peek behind the curtain kind of, of businesses. And I really think that most of the people in the industry on the construction end are pretty short-sighted. They're looking at the immediate, they're looking at the now, 
from an ownership level down, I think it's. I think you mentioned sort of protecting territories, and there's kind of a problem, a fundamental problem with that, in that this isn't a zero sum game. We don't have to take from someone else to have, and then they'd be without. We can go out and create more, and I would like to see our industry push toward that because there's tons of opportunities for business owners to grow their business, which would mean bringing in new talent. I think there's a there's a whole place for the the owners of the company and the management of the company to help nurture the the long-standing employees to start bringing up that new generation. Because I know what I've witnessed is we have this very much aging population. Guys that have been doing it as long as me or longer. 25, 35, 40 years in the business and and they're hanging on to the end, but they're not really nurturing the the new group coming in because it's it's sort of protected space. And yet I think if that segment of people could be brought to understand the importance of growing, which starts at leadership. So though. how would you start that conversation? So say you have an installer, say they've been in the business for their entire adult life, which is how you often talk about mm -hmm. your My entire experience adult career. In, the, mm -hmm. in the pool industry. So how, how would you begin that conversation with someone who's kind of at the, I don't know if we want to label it as the pinnacle. Maybe they feel they're at the pinnacle now. They've got the knowledge, they've got the experience, they've been doing it for a very long time. Um, you know, there is that school of thought, like, let's not um, fix something that's not broken. And maybe they're seeing that it's not broken, but then from the rest of the industry, I know I would be looking at that wondering, okay, well, what's next? Because eventually they'll want to retire, and we don't know when that is. Is that five years? Is that ten years? I know in the pool industry, people don't tend to retire until they're done. Until they're, you know, yeah, way beyond a typical retirement age. It just seems mm -hmm. to keep people in. So, how would you begin that conversation with someone to kind of encourage them to think about helping train the next generation without it being a threat? So, are we looking at from an ownership perspective, or are we looking at it from, you know, uh, employees? Because I, I, well, I, I would start. I would start on the ownership level. Number one, if this if this is an industry or, or a company that's been around for a while, some age is starting to happen, and there has to be a succession plan anyway. And I think owners of companies need to take a hard look at what their talent is right now, what their what their access to good talent is, and recognize if it's an aging population, if they're starting to grow old, getting getting older, which is very much my scenario and, and some of the people with us is that we're starting to look at what's that next phase look like. I think from an ownership standpoint, if you took a look at that and recognized it, it, it would be your job as the owner to figure out a way to help nurture those people along because realize that if a guy is 45, 50 years old, been in this for 25, 30 years, that's, he's probably making the most money he's ever going to make anyway. So He's, you're paying him more than you would be paying a young person coming in. Certainly has the knowledge and the talent, but he also has the aging part of the body part that the young person doesn't have. And the owner, I think it would be on the owner more than anybody else to go, we need to look at this and say, do we really want to exist five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now? What would that look like? And then set a plan in place to say, okay, Joe, say Joe is 50 years old. And he's been doing it for a long time and Maybe he's a crew chief or he's a, you know, I don't know, construction manager or whatever. He runs his division. If he's physically active in it, 
there has got to be an incentive for him to help others. It could be a financial incentive, but it could also be a easing him. You know, we're not. It would have to be put in a way that you're not. We're not getting rid of you, Joe. Instead, we need to transition to you into a greater management a more position, right? Kind of a role. And and part of the salesmanship in that, from a home, from the owner standpoint, is the owner has to be willing to grow the company to do that. Because if the owner wants to do the same amount of work that they're doing now, but in the future with these extra people, Joe can't help but feel that he's being pushed out. But if the owner owner says here's what we need to do, we need to start training this talent, our goal is to increase business by X amount. Whatever that number is, if it's a $2 million a year business, then, then we're, we're shooting for $2.5 million, and that's going to afford us, Joe, to hire some new people that we can start training that in the long run we have somebody to come up. And that's the only way. I don't think that you could say, hey, we're, this is status quo, but Joe, you need to teach Billy Bob here how to do it. And in that case, that's never going to work because Joe's got no incentive to do it. But if the owner is growing the business or cares to grow the business or even talks in a vernacular as if he's growing the business, Joe would be more comfortable. Do you think there's anywhere in the industry for cross-training? You know, what if you've got a company and you've got um, crews that are installing and you don't want to interrupt their day-to-day, -day, where could a new pool guy gain that experience that eventually you could bring him into the company? I imagine that there's, uh, you know, I, th I mean, that's a, kind, of a intern, kind of an internship type of program, something where you could bring people in. That's something that we, we're that dealing with. That might be an opening for franchising mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. fostering a, a training program system. Training program. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, most of what we know, and I think gain our knowledge from is experience. I think in what we do, we we in general as people have to see it, have to watch it, have to do it a few times, scratch our heads, don't understand what we're doing, but we do it again anyway, and then eventually we get it. There's probably room for some training in there somewhere. But I think more than anything else, it's on the job. I think just bringing someone in, say we decided to create a program and we you know, brought in 20 students and we're going to teach them how to build pools. I don't think that's the same thing as taking the brand new Billy Bob and getting him in there with Joe to do the actual work. Now, Joe may not be a great teacher. Joe may not be a great anything other than doing his work, but Billy Bob needs to learn from a guy like Joe. And I think that's where the upper management, or however the company set up, the owners of the company need to kind of be the general of the battlefield and say, I need to invest in Billy Bob learning so maybe that's an extra guy on the crew that we're not making money with that day, but Billy Bob is learning. And I, I don't think that you can just make that happen without a decision higher up to say, we're going to invest in everybody. Because, it, you know, I know in the years I've been on a crew where there's like too many people there, and what do you do? We had that complaint the other day, something got canceled, so everyone showed up at one place, and it was, well, I don't feel like we know we're doing anything. You're right. And sometimes it feels that way. And the owner of the company, the person paying the check at the end of the week, would have to be willing to invest in that. And that's something that we've talked about needing to do is this guy needs to learn whether he does anything this week or not that makes us money, we need to invest in him. And how many times have we done that? Just put that extra guy on the crew just so they can see it. Mm -hmm. They may help, they may not. They may slow it down, but they're learning. 
Well, let's transition this conversation into finding the right people. So let's talk about finding the right talent because that's something I know we've come across when we've been looking to expand and figure out what the next version of our company looks like. Transitioning maybe from the projects that we do to another kind of division or um, set of projects, we've tried to find interested people that have the skill set that you had basically when you came into the business. Mm -hmm. Wanting to learn, figure things out, have a kind of lifelong career path and I think finding that talent is something that we've found isn't as easy mm -hmm. as it may seem. So let's talk about the talent and then where we ultimately found some talent some that's talent. a little surprising in the industry. Again, I think from the mentality of just just the universal, the social consciousness is that pools are a summer job. It's just sort of a, it's not a real job. How many times have we dealt with that over the years, people saying, well, you know, when are you going to go get your real job? Because there's this sense that it's temporary. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's not part of an educational system at all. Think about just about any other career path. Landscaping, great example. Guess what? What's taught in university? Landscape architecture. There's this sense of that it's a long-term whatever. Construction, uh, home building, anything else. Well, what are the options? Construction management and all these different types of programs through university. Uh, I don't know in our industry, because we're so heavily involved in the construction and building big things, that I don't think we're represented well within that social fabric of careers. It, we're just not, we're just sort of this anomaly. Now you got tree trimmers and you got this and you got that, but those are very specialized miniature things versus us doing this major construction. Well, and looking at the, the construction and where people like that would fit in, you've got landscape architects that sometimes design pools. Mm -hmm. You have builders that sometimes design pools. And there's a whole segment of like homegrown pool guys that design and build pools and I think that's you know there's there's careers that may overlap a little bit into the pool industry but as far as like the 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 pool guy or the, pool the girl who's just, that. mm -hmm. that's like they live eat and breathe it and they don't mm -hmm. do landscaping and they don't do building but they're mm -hmm. only pool focused I think that's where there's not that um, specific path there's not like that funnel that about. brings people yeah. into that you're yeah. right and that's, that's probably the core of the lack of talent that we see. Now, on the service end of the industry, that's a whole other animal. Same thing, though, is that there's just not that ability to, to just go out. There's not service there's, school. There, there isn't. That is something that, you know, they try. I know each of the manufacturers try to put on these little programs to learn this and that. But that's not the same as an education. I mean, that's, that's a continuing ed type of situation but and that's where I learned a lot of my stuff was all these little continuing ed programs that all the suppliers put on. But it's not on. like you're picking a college course and getting a two-year degree or a four-year degree in, in this swimming thing. pool maintenance mm -hmm. or in swimming mm -hmm. pool construction mm -hmm. and there could be. There could be. Yeah. There could be. Now what I'm challenged with with that is then we go back into that traditional paradigm that we know really is broken 
the educational system as it stands now, as far as I'm concerned, is very broken. Yeah. But it's what we know. Mm -hmm. And it's what society knows. And the result of them, they know it doesn't work, but they know it. So they still turn to it. They yeah. still turn to it in terms of, well, a degree because in what's something. what's the alternative? The alternative is way more question marks and way more uncertainty than in this some broken thing, eyes but, but that's obvious. than trying something yeah. else. And I do think that there's probably room for that in the industry to have some type of a school. I don't know that it has to go there, though. I think we as company owners can, can raise the consciousness by how we act, what we do, how we promote ourselves, how we market ourselves, the brands we create. And attract just if, some new people absolutely. into the industry. The cooler we become, the more people we attract. And this is an industry that should be about fun, but it isn't very fun. Most people aren't having a lot of fun doing it because of just the anxiousness around it all. But the more fun that we can become, the more open that we can become, the more aware and the larger the brands become that become recognizable, the more likely people would say, hmm, that looks interesting. Yeah, there's the, I, I could see doing that. I mean, a well, lot of people do that in everything else, but we don't see it quite so much in the pool industry. So we've really started doing that, and we have mm -hmm. had conversations, I know, over the last probably six to eight years about how can we develop and train new talent, and when we've been looking, let's talk about that. You know, we were just looking this spring. We needed to fill a couple of spots within the company, one specifically in service and one specifically in construction. And one of our challenges, or opportunities, I guess, to be cool, is that we were getting more females that were interested in working with us than men. And we are a very female, um, heavy company at this point. We you are. know, we have way more women than men, women, girls, um, you know, at various ages that work with us. And so the company, while that's fun and exciting, and I know you'll talk about some of those things, it's got a few um, limitations when you have all of something and you don't have mm -hmm. enough diversity. You know, you can have a an all-male swimming pool company, and we were almost getting to the point of having the opposite issue with an all-female swimming pool company. And I think a nice blend is important, mm -hmm. but let's talk about Well, I came from... From the very traditional, there were no women that worked outside in the industry. It was all male-dominated. And all the years I worked for the previous owner and then bought the company, we had girls that worked in our store. We had some girls on staff doing different things, but it was never an outdoor thing. And what I realized we lacked in that was, for a better way of saying it, the feminine touch, the feminine energy, the feminine, the female thought process is just different than men. And approaching a challenge from a man's perspective can be very different than from a woman's doesn't have to be but it can be and I think by introducing some women out into the field that helped to start helped me start framing how I look at things and how I could view things differently and the trend that we've noticed over the last number of years now is we're attracting way more females than males which is good and then also not as good because there's some limitations and not trying to be sexist about it, but there's a difference between a man and a woman when it comes to work in terms of physical ability. Now, you've seen what our girls do, and they're incredible. And all the guys that ever see them work go, I couldn't have imagined women could work this way. Sometimes that's not enough, though. Sometimes you got to have that brawny guy with that extra muscle that can last a lot longer. And 
so it's finding that blend, which you were talking about, I think is really important, is I wouldn't want an all-male crew anymore after seeing how amazing the feminine touch and the female part. These are strong girls. This, we're not talking we're, we're painting pink roses on the corners or everything. We're talking just that, that feminine essence, that energy of being different than the men has brought a whole lot of new mm, to our company and to, to our projects. And I think where we were challenged for a while there was it was all women. And I remember having a conversation with another contractor, and she was saying, I don't know, I don't know what the matter with boys are today, but these teenage boys don't want to work. And she was talking about blaming the mothers for not making the kids work. She had this whole thing she was going on about. But she had a lot of great points, is that we've had the shift from these male-dominated, physical, hard-labor things like our industry is attracting women who want to do that type of work, and the boys are sitting at home not working and playing video games. And it's a weird thing, and we can make large generalizations, which I probably am here, but within our microscopic bubble, it's very true. Within our sphere. Within our sphere, it's very true. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know that having witnessed what the girls and women can do, makes it less important to have men but I do think those cases where having men on the crew helps and that's something that we went through now how do we attract them and maybe you can share a little bit about how we went about that specifically this year knowing we needed two very specific male people in those mm -hmm. positions and we had lots of females apply we had lots of other stuff but why don't you share a little bit of that yeah we're very equal opportunity here and just by nature, you know, we'll look at anybody that's got the right qualifications. But as the crew was getting a little, you know, more women than men, we needed to balance things out a little bit. And we very specifically said, well, before we got specific, we had put the word out to people that we know. We had tried running an ad, you know, newspaper, online job site, and didn't attract anybody that anything. seemed very qualified. So what we did was we got very, very specific in exactly what would we be looking for. And in this case, what we had kind of generated is we'd love a farm boy in his 20s who's used to hard work and maybe was a member of 4-H and just has kind of these skills and abilities that would lend to them being a good fit in the pool industry in the service side and then in the construction side. Mm -hmm. So I had written a very positive... Um, ad basically that we put on Facebook and it was we're looking for one someone or two someones and here's what we want them to fit and I didn't actually use the word men um, or you know we're looking for males but I express everything else in the way that you know it's someone who maybe college wasn't right for them right. or maybe somebody who went to college but didn't, didn't you know want, it, it didn't resonate with them or they're on a break or something like that and just got very very specific in what exactly we were looking for and something really interesting happened as soon as we did that I had gotten a call on a, I think it was a Wednesday night from a guy and he said you know I'm interested in working and he kinda gave me his history and he sounded like the perfect candidate like exactly what I had explained in the ad had him come in for an interview the next day he came in we liked him we told him we'd like to you know have him start working on the service crew with Mark and 
we thought this is great, you know, we, we fit someone in this slot that we thought was going to be so hard to fill. And then later on that afternoon, I got a call and it was almost like I was having an identical conversation again. And I was thinking, what's up with this? This is just kind of, you know, interesting and odd and fun all at the same time. So we set up an interview for him to come in actually that same That's day. Okay. He came in, very similar story, very similar traits and characteristics and skill set to this point. And he was a perfect fit to join the construction team. So the way that we found that talent was by getting very specific. And before we had been so specific, it was like a daunting task trying to find someone who could even fit some of this criteria. And the, the, the people that did apply were all, all over, over the, the place. Map. All no. over the map. Not, we, not anywhere close. We had a company of, of plenty of women. So when the the lady girl who worked at, you know, the cosmetics, Sephora, cosmetics counter or something, at yes. the mall applied for the construction job. It was kind of like, well, let's, you know, let's, let's keep look looking little, and let's see, look what, a little farther. see what else we can find. So, Well, doesn't that lend to everything that we talk about from a marketing marketing perspective and, and how we wrap Wallace Waddles into this and, and Napoleon Hill is that being very specific, being so specific for the ask of what you're looking for yeah. in everything. Not just in the customers that you want to attract, but also into the employees that you want to attract and, and the, the business that you want to get. Well, one of the great ways of attracting people into the business and with these two guys that we just hired was the fact that they can join us and we as a company are all about empowering people to work in the areas that they enjoy. You know, instead of us saying, well, here's the position, we're going to shove Squeeze you into you it. In. Right. It's, well, do you think you would fit better in service or do you think you would enjoy construction more? So we do that. But then the other thing we get to share with them is if you learn pool knowledge, you can go anywhere, anywhere in the country, almost anywhere in the world, and you can always get work as a pool guy or a pool girl. Because we know that because shortage. You have of, that specialized of good knowledge mm -hmm. and Pool companies are always, always looking for good help. Well, here's the short-sightedness that I started with, with the, the old school owner of the company, whatever, worrying about, if I invest in this person and they leave, well, then I lost my investment. Well, no, really, you didn't. If, you, if they grew as a result of having been in your organization, your organization would be better. And when they're ready to move on, you let them move on and you allow them a much bigger and greater life and it's okay and the net result of that of that training them and allowing them to move on makes you better makes your company better makes them better the world becomes a makes better place the work that they're Everything. doing when they're with you better yeah, absolutely all of it if I'm training you and forcing you to stay and putting all of that anxiousness on it there's no joy in it there's it becomes pressure it becomes all of those but instead I could say let's learn this so that you have a skill set that you can go anywhere in, in the world, they're far less likely to go anywhere. And that's a big piece of that ownership mentality part that so many people are missing, is that the more open you are and more opportunity you give people to stay around, they will. But if you try to hold them, they want to run away. And, and so instead it's let's celebrate who they are and what they are and help them grow as a person because my net result is I would want everybody to fly away at some point and land in amazing careers within our industry in a lot of different places. And then that result is that, that the more that we can do that to help people, the better our company becomes. And the more people that are attracted to it. Look at all the people flocking, wanting jobs and wanting to be around us and they hear about all these good things.
It's not because we're making people stay here, but we're opening it up and saying when it's time for you to move, we're okay with that. Love to have you stay, love for you to stay here forever, but we're not going to make you. We don't want to lock you into that place. And I think that goes back to some of the mentality stuff from the, from the upper echelon of the, of the company that it has to start there. I don't think it's a grassroots that starts at the bottom. I think in this particular case, everything we talked about has to start, kind of the, the, the heartbeat has to start at the top. So where we find ourselves with our company now is having gone through some of the challenges and you know the question that we started with is developing a new construction crew. I don't know that we're there yet at the point where we've got someone who can take this and run with it, but what we did this last week with one of the newer people that we hired was planted the seed. And, you know, he's probably, what, 23? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that he's thinking yet what he's going His to be doing when he's whatever. 40. Mm -hmm. But I said, if you find that you like this, there is this sweet spot of business that we turn away that could be easily developed with the right person. So I kind of and this is what we do with all of our people, is we, we try to plant those seeds and then let them kind of have that idea blossom into something, if it will. in or not. Or, you know, explain that we'll keep them as long as they want to, you know, maintain what they're doing with us now. They'll continue to grow and it'll be a benefit to our business. But in the long-term thinking, I guess I have this fundamentally in me, and I know you have it fundamentally in you. Like you said, you want people to grow and change. I want someone to be excited every day about what they're doing. And I think part of that can include for some people the desire to own something of their own or make their mark, having more responsibility, you know, running their own division of a pool company, starting a, their own pool company. So that's, I guess, if I were to explain it, it would be identifying the people that we think have that potential and then start to plant those seeds that it's something they could do long term. And one of the other people on our crew, you know, we talked about having this crew full of women. My daughter, of all people, is going to school for construction management because she worked for the pool company a little As bit, a kid, you know, in then. high school. And then she kind of, last summer was really her first full-time summer. She really, really enjoyed it. And why pick a life path or a career or go to school for something that doesn't match what your interests are. So we matched her interests with what she's doing and so construction management was a good fit. Would she need that to be a great pool girl? No, absolutely not. But is it empowering her with more skills and it, abilities? It's her, it's her though. It absolutely is. Her her need for that right now is the reason to do it. Would Will it help her? Of course it will help her. All learning will help. Would she have to have it? We know absolutely not. But because she has a sense of wanting to, we want to encourage that. I think that's really important for us and the culture of our company is to help people continue to grow. What I would say, if, if this relates to you at all, that if the company that you're either working for or trying to help through this or want to help through this type of stuff, if they're stuck in their ways, from the very top down, I don't know that you can make that change. I mean, I like to believe everybody can change. I And, and that's me personally because I know what, what's possible. But depending on where you fall in that company, I don't know if it's necessarily worthwhile. If you have a relationship, if you're not the owner and you have a relationship 
with the owner is it's getting really specific in conversation with them to say, you know, this is what I would like to see and I was just been dreaming and scheming about my future here and what I can see the company to be and find out. Because if, if uh, the upper end of the company, the owners of the company don't want it to change, it's not going to change no matter what you do. And you can push and push and push and never get the result that you're looking for. On the flip side, if you can open that dialogue and get things moving in the right direction to help people grow, then you can get old Joe, the 50-year-old construction guy, to embrace Billy Bob, the 20-year-old newbie coming in and work a symbiotic relationship. That doesn't happen automatically. I wish it did. In our world, that would happen automatically because we nurtured it from the beginning. You know, if we didn't have that culture in our company, it'd be very difficult to do. But we want to cross-train everyone to know everything about everything, and we're very transparent online and offline. We're equally as transparent. So even with our company, we're that transparent with, with the employees and the people around us. But I think we're unusual in that respect. There's a lot of room for a lot of people to grow in. And I guess it depends on what end of the scale they're on. Okay. If, it's, if it's an old, stodgy company that won't change, or even a young, new, stodgy company that won't change, or someone who's more flexible and wanting to grow and wanting to build a business and build a brand. You know, ultimately, too, I think with that question of, you know, wanting to develop maybe another crew for installing, if you can't grow them yourselves, meaning if you can't take someone from scratch and train them, then it'll have to be a marketing campaign of just hiring in, you know, like we've told these guys that have joined us, once you have pool knowledge, you can work anywhere. So it'll be crafting a message in the right way that you can attract someone with the skills and abilities that you need, and then you can give them a little training on your certain way, but they have to already have the fundamentals. And that might be you know, if they can go and learn and understudy an apprentice with someone in another part of the country. You know, maybe it's not training them in your company, but maybe it's finding a partner company that they could get trained, that in. They could get trained in. Mm -hmm. Or maybe like this conversation that we're having about what does the next generation of pool builders look like. Maybe there will be some future training opportunities perhaps in the hybrid swimming pool side of yeah. things. Um, perhaps it'll come from somewhere else. So mm -hmm. that's you know, really um, tr growing and training them yourself or outsourcing the training and or acquiring, you know, people through um, through some headhunting yeah. is kind of another way that that'll happen. I, it, my final thought on this, just because having listened to what you were just talking about, is the more that we can train people, I know this is how we work as the culture of our company is, the more we can give people the opportunity to learn we're giving the skill set them the skill set to go elsewhere, maybe somewhere that they can make more money or anything else. But what that requires us to do is to give them an incentive to stay. And the incentive very often is not money. It's, it's creating that freedom. It's that work environment. It's that having a good time and enjoying and personal growth. And you know that's part of what we do. I mean, whether you're just going to work for us or not, you're going to grow. Because that's part of who we are, and we spend that extra time doing the every couple week meetings that, that talks about life and talks about the business and talks about change. And when that's on us, look at the result. Some amazing things happen, and I do think that the next future generation of business will have to run that way. Because the millennials don't operate like the, the old timers. They just don't. It's a different world. 
and I'm glad that I'm right there in, in between where I've been able to witness both sides of it and can relate to the baby boomer generation and to the millennials. But I think as the millennials take ownership of our industry, the rules are going to change a lot. And that's where we might find some training. We'll find an awful lot of online training, I'm sure, at that point. Handheld devices will control everything because they don't know a generation. They don't know a life without it. So final thoughts for me is it, it forces us to create a cooler environment for people to stay in. And I like that. I like knowing that we, that it's on us to keep the culture of it awesome. Awesome. Until next time.